everybody and welcome to Church Online. We are so honored that you're tuned in to Church Online today. If you're our guest, we want to welcome you and let you know how excited we are that you're a part of today's experience. We are so excited about Sunday, September 13th, when we return to in-person worship at both of our locations. We cannot wait for that. Throughout today's experience, if everyone would, just take a moment, fill out that digital connect card. We would love to know that you're a part of today's experience. We've got a great word prepared for you, so here's Pastor Brandon Dawes. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in to Cultivate Church Online. We're in our final installment of Summer Sundays, a series we've been in this summer together. And you may notice that I'm standing in our soon-to-be new Alabaster campus. It's kind of old and dilapidated. You can tell it's kind of been through the ringer. It's been through a lot of years of use. And a lot of times I've noticed in my experience in renovation projects, it's hard for many people to walk into an empty space and have vision for what it could be, what it would look like if you were able to accomplish something new in that space. I remember when we moved into our current Alabaster space, we found this space. It was literally the only space available uh, in Alabaster when we were looking for a new space. And it was depressing. It was difficult to walk into this small space with eight foot drop ceilings and had been sitting for a number of years not in use and I remember walking our team through that building and it was a lot of what are we going to do with this and Lord how could you possibly use this space for anything good but we just began to cast vision and we began to get a new idea of what could be we began to draw things on paper and begin to put things uh, in process and we began to develop what God used over the last number of years to grow his church. And what I'm saying is God can use anything. And maybe today, as, as we go through this message, you're going to realize that there's some space in your life. There's some things that need renovation. And maybe you just don't have vision for it. Maybe there's no real idea of what God could possibly use with your life as it sits now. But I want to remind you of something. There's a verse in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, that's going to kind of help us as we walk through today's message. It says this, And I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Here's what I know at this moment that it can be tempting to look at your current situation and think there's no way that God could do anything good with this. It can be tempting to think that it's hopeless and worthless, maybe even a waste of time to even try. But remember, the title of today's message is He Isn't Finished. He's still working. Reminded of an old 
kids church song that it took him just a week to make the moon and the stars but he's still working on me so i want to share with you some things to remember as we are walking through this journey of faith together number one if you're taking notes and i hope you are you need to be careful be careful it says this in ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 so be careful how you live don't live like fools but like those who are wise. Come on, maybe you can take an honest assessment of your life in 2020. How have you been living your life? Has it been with care? Has it been with, um, with an open hand to what God would have for you? Or really, have you, been able, have you allowed fear and have allowed the, the winds that blow, the stuff that happens in life, has that, been able, has that been dictating the way you've lived your life? James says it this way in James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable and gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And then he goes on in verse 18. He says, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. How am I living? Only in 2020, listen to this, a fool drifts with the winds and the tides. This year, there's been a lot of wind and tide. Can you, can you agree with that? There's been so many different things that have pushed us through 2020. Just in 2021, just this year alone, it's been COVID. We've had a virus attack, not just our country, not just our city, the entire world. There's been entire economies that have walked in disaster. There's been healthcare issues and job loss. And literally the world has shut down. Churches have closed, many of which are still fighting with their local governments to open back up. Is it, do I wear a mask or don't? wear a mask. There's been social issues and racial issues, protests in cities all around the world, riots, and uh, there's been polar opposite sides that have been taken by people who otherwise have been in relationship for years, maybe even decades. Come on, it's an election year. Are you a Democrat or a Republican? Have you sent your kid to school or are you doing virtual school or are you doing some kind of hybrid what about sports? What do you think about that? There's so many things that we could choose to pick a side on. So many things that we could choose to advance our own preconceived ideas and opinions on. And the Bible is telling us to be careful how we live our lives, not as the unwise, not as fools, but as wise. It's a lot. It's a lot that we're having to navigate this year. But I'm reminded only a fool drifts with the wind and the tide. Have you allowed the wind and tide of 2020 to control your response to it? I know this, a wise man marks out his course. He sets his sails. He guides the rudder until he reaches a destination. I get it. No one could have seen the stuff that's come at us this year. But if we lay the foundation, write out the plan, and stay the course, I'm, truth, I'm, I'm trusting the Lord enough that He'll get us through it. We've put countless hours in planning and laying out the plans for this facility and what it's going to eventually look like and function through. If we never went with the plan and we were changing it and changing our minds every minute, every moment, we'd never actually be able to move forward. I read this quote this week as I was preparing for this message that says, when a pilot does not know what port he's heading for, 
no wind is the right wind. Maybe today you can begin to, with care, chart out the course of what God's purpose is for your life. You're going to be careful to live as those who are wise. My daughter, I took her on a trip a few weeks ago and she purchased a new compass. She had never had one before and she began to learn how to use that compass. And she learned that it always points north. And no matter where she turned, there was a dial that was always going to point north. So it was going to help her discover which way to go. And, and no matter if she fell, if she tripped, if she got turned up, she can always turn that compass back if she's lost anywhere. And in knowing that it's at least always going to point back north. I realize that that's the same truth for us. What's your true north? What's wisdom for you? If I'm being careful, if I'm going to, with care, chart out the way that I'm going to live my life, the values in which I'm going to make decisions on in my own life, where's your true north? So be careful to live as those who are wise. Why? Because number two, life is short. There's just not a lot of time. It goes on in Ephesians 5, making the best use of the time. Making the best use of the time we have. You know, the older I get, the more I wish time would slow down. I remember when I was younger, not being able to wait until I could finally cut the grass by myself. Or couldn't wait till I could finally drive a car on my own, advance to the next grade, get the degree, start the job, buy the house, begin the family. It's never ending. It's always something to move forward to. And it seems as if we can't seem to get there fast enough. Unless it steps somewhere along the way, things began to speed up. And it's coming a little too fast. Psalm says it this way in Psalm 39 verses 4 and 5. Lord, remind me of how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and how fleeting my life is. You've made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. The Bible says in James that life is but a vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. Our life, literally in the grand scheme of things, is that quick. What is my best use of the time that God has given me. Here's what I know and what I've discovered in my own life, that I'm never more like Jesus than when I'm serving others. I'm never more like Jesus than when I'm giving my life away. And I see no better use of the brief amount of time that I've got here on this earth than to give my life away for the cause of Christ, serving others in this world. It's why that we have so many teams that serve in so many capacities at Cultivate Church. It's not, it's not a come and see. We are the church. We exist for the world. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving others. Maybe you're on a team or maybe you've been a part of a team. Maybe, the, maybe you really, you're here tuning in today and you've never been a part of something bigger than yourself. I'd encourage you, you can log on right now or at some point today uh, to cultivatechurch.tv and you can look under our connection tab and you can find a root, uh, the la it's labeled roots and that's our next steps and you can go through all of that and you can learn and discover what your purpose is and what your spiritual giftings are and you can discover what your personality profile looks like. How has God wired you? And can I tell you this, that no matter how you're wired, you're wired in such a way that whatever that is, it can be used for the cause of others. Life is too short to live it just 
just for myself. We all need to belong to something bigger than ourselves. The local church is the single greatest agent of change for good in the world. An evangelist I heard years ago when I was in high school, he said, life is tissue paper thin. You never know when it's going to dissolve. You never know how quick it's going to go. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. Can I ask you this question? Are you surrendering to God's best for your life here and now? Are we making the most out of the time that we've got? Why? Because life is short. So it says, be careful how you live your lives. Live as those who are wise because life is short. And number three, we have an enemy. I need to be careful because life is short and there is an enemy against my soul. He goes on in chapter 5, verse 16 in Ephesians. He says, because the days are evil, make the best of the time. Make the most of your time now because the days are evil are evil. There is an enemy of this world. The Bible says his name is Satan. Calls him the devil. The Bible says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Stay alert. Watch out. Your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Come on, we can repeat that over and over again. Write it down in your notes today if you're taking notes. Stay alert. Watch out. Stay alert and watch out. There is an enemy seeking to devour. We know this, that the enemy wakes up every day with one thing in mind, to steal, kill, and to destroy, to trip you up and mess you up in your journey, on your faith journey with Jesus. And you need to know that there's an enemy against you. For some reason, many in our culture are simply oblivious to this truth. I remember when I first began playing football, I didn't really play when I was a child. I began playing when I was in high school. And my first experience, I was playing on the defensive line. And I remember them hiking the football and me sprinting past the offensive lineman and me thinking, all right, I've made it. I got it past him. I'm about to make a tackle. What I didn't know is they were deceiving me. And this was a, a play called a trap play. And there was a pulling guard coming my way and he knocked the daylights out of me. I never saw it coming. I was oblivious to what was going on around me and many of us in our life today around the world tuning in we're oblivious that there is an enemy setting a trap trying to devour my life my soul many of the obstacles that you're follow, that you're trying to overcome in your life today is a result of an enemy attacking your life your marriage your finances your relationships as it as it relates to renovation. I don't know if you've renovated many things, but I've renovated quite a few things in my life and there's not been many times that I didn't get in the middle of renovating something, knocking out a wall or, uh, or looking at pipes or digging something up that I didn't uncover what at the moment seemed to be a detrimental problem in the renovation. It was something hiding that was gonna end up costing more than we had originally planned for it to cost. You see, humanity, all of us, we start our lives kind of in a naive setting. You know, you know, you never hear a kid remotely talk about all of the obstacles they're going to have to face when they grow up, do you? 
No, you ask a kid what they want to do when they grow up. They're going to be a hero. They're going to change the world. They're going to be a police officer or a fireman or an astronaut or a doctor or a pastor or a teacher. They're doing something that's going to make a difference in the world. And they never really seem to think about all the obstacles that's going to be in their way on the way to accomplishing those goals. And unfortunately, many of us, as we grow up, because of the obstacles that we didn't see coming, because of an enemy that we don't even recognize is there, Many of those dreams and those hopes that maybe God has placed inside of us at a young age, many of those things begin to disappear and we begin to settle for less than because we never saw the enemy coming. No one begins a marriage thinking it'll end in disaster in 10 years. No one begins a job thinking it's going gonna, it's gonna to end in absolute frustration and turmoil on the backside of it. We all have high hopes. Why don't we... Why don't we See the things coming because we all tend to overlook the fact that there's an enemy against us. Here's what I've learned, that the enemy's greatest desire is that we will fail at life and not know that it was him that caused us to do it the whole time. Be alert. There's an enemy of your soul. You have an enemy. And I want to remind you today, it's not your boss. It's not your spouse. It's not your friends. Come on, it's not your dog or your job or Democrats or Republicans. It's the devil. So let's recap. He says to be careful because life is short and we have an enemy. So what do we need to do with that? Number four, if you're taking notes, we need to renew our minds. We need to renew our minds. Renew your mind. He says in, Acts, in, in Ephesians 5, 17, he goes on, he continues right there in those verses. Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't act thoughtlessly. Romans 12, 2 says it this way. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Stop acting like everybody else around you. Stop acting like everything we see on television and social media. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If my response to 2020 has been consistent with the rest of the world around me, chances are I need to change my mind. I need to renew my mind. I need to begin to allow God to transform me from the inside out. Maybe there's not just this side or that side. Maybe there's a God side. See, I've learned that it's all about perspective. It's all about the angle at which we see things. A few months ago, I was changing the brakes on my wife's car, and I had gotten all the way around. All three, the first three of the tires were completely done. It, it went quickly, and I got to the final tire, which really was the worst one with the brakes, and I could not get one bolt loose. One bolt was what was keeping me from accomplishing the goal. And I tried every tool that I had. I was so frustrated, so angry. And I just put the tire back on and I told my wife, I said, well, I've done three of them. It should hold up pretty good. We're just going to have to live with it. I don't know how to fix it. I was frustrated and I was willing to live in the frustration because I didn't know how to fix it. Until I spoke with a guy at our church, Jamie Wayman. Many of you know him. He's a master mechanic. He's also on our worship team. And I began to tell him what 
problems I was having with my wife's car and how I couldn't get the bolt loose. And he said, oh, he said, man, that's simple. He said, I've got a tool, come by the house. I've got a tool you can use. It'll be off in no time. And sure enough, he gave me a specific tool for that purpose. And when I got to my wife's car the next day, my daughter could have used that tool to loosen that bolt. You see, I was willing from my perspective and from everything that I knew and all of my knowledge of what was going on to live in frustration and anger and less than because I didn't know how to fix it. But all it took was a perspective from someone else to help, from someone else to help fix the problem. Many of us are frustrated with the condition of our life right now because we're laser focused on our own perspective. And we cannot seem to fathom that someone else's perspective could be helpful. That someone else's opinion could be helpful. A different perspective could be your way out. You see, perspective is all about location. I've learned that the closer I move to God, the more perspective can change. And the more my perspective changes, the closer I get to God, the more my mind begins to change. You see, every day I'm choosing to allow the Spirit of God to transform me by intentionally changing and challenging the way that I think. It's okay to have someone in your life who thinks different than you do, who looks different than you do. God forbid that they may vote differently than you do. If everyone in your sphere of influence thinks like you and talks like you and acts like you, something is wrong. Begin to allow the power and the Holy Spirit of God to change your mind. Stop acting like culture. Stop copying the behaviors of the world around us because, listen, we have to be careful to live as those who are wise. Why? Because life is short and we have an enemy. So we need to begin to change and renew our minds. And then the final thing I'll give you today is we need to begin to pursue purpose. We need to begin to pursue purpose. He goes on to say, the final thing in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I want you to know today that no matter where you are in your life right now, whatever circumstance you're walking through, and ever how difficult it may have been, God has something for you to do. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. He says it this way in Romans 8, verses 28. He says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. You know, I wonder if, if walls could talk in dilapidated spaces like this. If they could begin to share stories of years of use, there would probably be lots of stories of disappointment and frustration and hurt and failure. Because nobody starts a business like this. Nobody builds a facility like this and hopes that it would one day look like this. But along the way, along the line, somewhere, hurt began to happen. Disappointment began to creep in. Decisions were made. Things were done. And it found, we found itself like this. You see, I know that I've learned that even in the midst of hurt and failure and pain, there's still purpose in it. God has never wasted a hurt. You see, 
no matter what you've gone through, no matter the disappointment, if your walls could talk and you could begin to share the stuff that you've walked through, the things that you're walking through right now, even in your life today, I can still tell you that God never wastes a hurt. And I'm convinced and I know that He can still cause all things. There's no other translation for that word. It all means all for every circumstance and every situation. He can cause all things to work together for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. You have a God-given purpose. It's for your good and for His glory. God specializes in making broken things new and raising dead things back to life. Maybe you're tuning in today and you would say, yeah, but Brandon, you just don't understand exactly what I'm walking through today. You don't understand how bad my marriage has actually gotten. You don't understand just how bad of an economic situation that I'm in. You don't seem to realize that 2020 has devastated any good thing that I thought could ever come out of my life. Can I tell you today that it wasn't 2020? That there is an enemy of this world and the good news about the, the, the reality of there being an enemy. The Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I recognize today that nobody started their marriage in order for it to end in divorce. That nobody, that nobody started out in a career hoping that it would end in tragedy. That nobody started their life out thinking that they were going to end up in addiction somewhere along the way or, or things were going to be in this big of detriment in their life. But I can tell you today that God's never wasted a hurt and He doesn't intend to even with you. And He can cause all things to work together for good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose for them. So my question for you is, do you know your purpose? Have you began to discover why God placed you on this earth? I want to tell you that today that begins with a brand new relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that no matter what you've walked through, no matter the decisions you've made in your life, there's a God in heaven that loves you enough. He says that He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Maybe today you're gonna, you would say, I need to begin a brand new relationship with Jesus. Well, right where you are, I want to lead you in a prayer. The Bible tells us in Romans that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God, that Jesus came, lived a sinless life, and then God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. So right where you are, you can repeat after me, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my own decisions, my own preconceived ideas. I've lived my life on my own far too long, and today I'm surrendering my life to you. I confess that there's nothing in my life good apart from you. I confess that you alone are good enough. You alone are my Savior. I accept you as my Savior. I believe in my heart that you died, sacrificed your life, and came back to life. And I can have eternity with the Father because of you. Thank you for salvation. And thank you for the, from this day forward, I can begin to live my life on purpose for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being a part of Church Online today. We were honored that you tuned in to Cultivate Church. If you made a decision to give your heart or your life to Jesus, we would love to know about it. Just click the link, let us know about your decision. We would love to celebrate with you and let you know how to take some next steps in your decision to follow. 
Christ. Before we go today, we're going to take just a moment. We're going to transition to a moment of giving. There are easy ways on the screen that you can give. And I want to tell you, during this season, church, you have been faithful to honor God and to do what the Bible asks us to do in our giving. And because of that, we have continued to be generous in our community, in the nation around us, and even the world. And I want to tell you, thank you for being an incredible church. Don't forget, September 13th, mark it on your calendar, set a reminder. We're coming back to church in person, both campuses. We cannot wait to see you at Cultivate Church September 13th. We love you and hope you have a great week.